Hello. Hello. It's episode 100. We made it. Three digits. We said we was going to bring you something special and we've only just remembered it's episode 100, so we're not. <laughs> Oops. Ever in the um, theme of us. We are well professional, aren't we? It's mad. Always sticking to us and being true to us. But we've got to episode 100, so that in itself is an achievement. I think it is. In fact, do you know what? That's what you get. 100 episodes. Yeah. That's your special treat. That is some going, that. Oh, actually, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see Santa as well. Yeah. So there's your other special treat. There Santa. you go. Episode 100 has got Santa on YouTube. Because, yes, we have made it back to YouTube. He's brought, I know. What am I? Okay. <laughs> I'm absolutely smashing it these days. I'm on all the platforms. <laughs> Yeah. If you like to, yeah. There you go. It's more on me than round me. <laughs> he's got tiny little arms, hasn't he? <laughs> well, he's not got his full leg extension going either today. He's not, because you wouldn't see the top of his head. And to be fair, he'd probably fall on us. He is great, though. He's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah. This he's about eight foot tall. Yeah. This Father Christmas, I think I told the story last year, my dad um, like won him in something. And he had like the world's most giant legs, and I came in. I think I was a little bit tipsy. You of was. something. It's not like you. And I literally spent the whole night cuddling him. And then when I moved out, my dad was like, I think you should take Father Christmas with you. So now he, he just... Um, Stands and asked her. Oh, no, he's in the office, isn't he, at the minute? Yeah. Well, I know he is right now, because that's where we are. <laughs> but I mean, like, he actually... We, we had him on the stairs, didn't we, but Reggie eats him. Oh, he barks at him. He does bark at him. Reggie what? doesn't like Santa. What does Reggie not bark at, though? Um... Does not yeah, good point. That's everything, doesn't it? Guess what, Phil? What, Jen? This time in two weeks, you'll be about to do your final preps to get ready to go to the wedding venue. I'll be on my fifth pint. No, you won't. <laughs> Stop it. Phil keeps joking that he's gonna get really drunk either the day before or the morning of, and I know he won't. I like that you think it's a joke. It is a joke, it's isn't funny. it? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I've never got married before, I don't know. What do you mean? Oh my goodness. So, we're going to pre-record all these podcasts up until Christmas, cause wedding, and therefore... I mean, one of them's coming out the day after the wedding, so we can't record it on the <laughs> wedding day, because we can't see each other. Well, we just want to be clear to people that we are not sat on our wedding day recording podcasts. Well, we don't need to tell them that now, it's the fifth. No, what I was going to say, <laughs> the next time we record a podcast, mm. I'll have a different name. Potentially, yeah, you will, yeah. If all goes to plan. Yeah. Well, you're still going to be called Jen. We're not changing that. <laughs> still Jen. Jen Williams. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. Um, it's funny, if you're listening to kind of like the last three to four episodes back to back, it's just Jen mentioning that we're getting married soon. 1,000 million times. Mm. I can't stop talking about it. So Correct. If you're bored of it, see ya. Because <laughs> I ain't going to stop. <laughs> what can I go? <laughs> <laughs> Is that an invite to everyone? <laughs> Not you. Oh. <laughs> you have to pull with it. Mm, yeah. It's part of marriage, isn't it? Putting up with it. It being me. Mm. <laughs> and the things you do. And life in general. It's all challenges. You isn't can it? leave if you want. I just asked and you said no. I'm in the relationship. I meant you can't leave this room right now. I've got podcasts to record. I'm not supposed to leave the relationship. I'm not allowed to leave the room. So I'm allowed to leave, leave you. After we finish this yeah, record. I'm allowed to leave you. But I have to stay next to you. <laughs> Good loophole. I like it. Very clever of you. Anyway, yeah. episode 100, managing food guilt in the lead up to Christmas. Obviously, it is still the lead up to Christmas. I think the lead up to Christmas. When does the lead up to Christmas start? Who knows? In your opinion, though. December. 
earlier this year, everyone went ham Start, on the Christmas trees. It starts earlier every year, doesn't it? It actually does. I love though. it when people say that. I. It's um, not. We just forget. No, I said that we went early this year, and then when we actually thought about it, we it usually put it up on the first ta- first of December, and we just put it up the. Like, the 1st of December was Thursday, mm. which put it up the weekend before that. Yeah, because we weren't going to do it the weekend after, was we? No. Not going to do it like Because we knew fourth. we couldn't do it on the, thir- on the actual Thursday, so... And mm. I wanted it up. Absolutely. Well, we wanted to make the most Christmas this year, because we're going to be away for a good few days, so... Oh, no, yeah. We're going away, aren't we, doing that thing? It's true. Right, come on. Christmas, oh. December. <laughs> See, that wasn't me this time. You're it just was. taking the mic. Managing food girl in the lead-up to Christmas. Now, before we even speak about food guilt specifically it's actually really important we speak about what guilt is yeah and i know that's really frustrating to hear because i hate it as well when someone tries to explain something to me i'm like no just give me the solution Mm -hmm. i've come to this episode for the solution stop giving me more words that are not the solution but actually this in itself is a part of the solution because what's really important to understand when it comes to food guilt is that guilt in itself is when we do something that is wrong so food guilt happens when we consume a food and then either before, during or after, we feel bad for doing it. So in the lead up to it, we might be like, oh, I shouldn't eat that. Whilst eating it, we might be thinking, oh, this is wrong, this is unhealthy, this isn't going to be good for me. And then afterwards, that's where kind of like the deeper level of guilt tends to set in because we've already done it and we know we can't take back that experience. And that's when we really start to regret what we've done. We feel bad for doing what we've done. Um, and we tend to, at that point, either hit the sod it button or the effort button or we just self-sabotage. We basically get to a point where we think, what's the point? Because I've, I shouldn't have done that. That was bad and that was wrong. And I really have done something that is terrible and I shouldn't have eaten that food. I used to do this all the time as well. Mm. Especially over Christmas. So guilt is that idea, as Phil said, that you do something wrong like think rules at school Mm. like if you were like me and a massive nerd maybe you didn't mind breaking rules at school but i makes my eye twitch thinking about it i never did it so i wouldn't know what it was (laughs) i once got it that's just all the um no because that teacher might get sacked well i don't care um, Mrs mean. Bates if you're listening this is for you <laughs> I once got um, they introduced uniform cards in our school in like year 11 10, 11 something like that you was looking at me then like I know I didn't I was kind of thinking it like oh. and you had to get three signatures sorry if you got three signatures on your card you you had to get them you got detention mm-hmm. I remember my form teacher Mrs Bates signed my last signature on my card and then ripped it up and put it in the bin and went this isn't you <laughs> I was like, what a mess if nerd. So, <laughs> um, that being said, if you had a rule at school and you broke it, you felt guilty. And oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't. People but didn't most care. of us do. Most of us do. Um, and it's the same when you create rules around food. So, if you're anything like me, it'll be like, just have two two of those roses. I, I'll I'll just have three roses a day i'll just have two quality streets a day i'll not eat chocolate today i'm only gonna have this amount of food and as soon as you do more than that that is when the guilt comes in or you tell yourself i'm not gonna eat this today i'm gonna wait until christmas day to eat that and then you eat it and you feel like you've done something wrong and then you get guilt and then the guilt often leads us to either eating more or giving up on everything completely and i i 
particularly over Christmas, I used to do this all the time, but we don't actually need to change the food, which is interesting, I always think. Mm -hmm. Because that's often people's first go-to, isn't it? Well, if I just don't have that, but that's just another rule. Yeah. It goes from I'm only having two to I'm not having any, and it's just bouncing between rules, isn't it? Yeah, and you'll have heard us talking about the reticular activating system all the time. As soon as we say you can't have something... All you think about, all you see, all you notice, all everyone seems to be talking about is that thing that you've said that you can't have um, because we've turned on that little bit of our brain. So ultimately, we make it even harder for ourselves when we say don't eat the food. What we've got to do instead is change the rule. So if you find yourself creating rules, ditch them. (laughs) Stop creating yourself those rules. And actually give yourself unconditional permission to eat anything. And because you've removed the remove removed the Because you've done what, sorry? Remove the rule, you remove the guilt when you eat it because you no longer feel like you've done something wrong. And I'm gonna add a little side note on this one because I guarantee you, if you're anything like past me, you are sat there thinking not a chance am I going to do that, Jen, because if I tell myself I can eat as much as I want, that whole box, but the whole tin of quality streets is going in one night. Mm-hmm. But what I want to say to you is when was the last time you gave yourself to eat permission to eat something before you actually started eating it? Because we see this all the time, don't we? Yeah. Everyone we say this to is like, yeah, but mm, not a chance. Like, It's not going to work. I'm just going to eat it all. But we're so used to saying don't eat it, eat it, and then losing control, that actually it's very rare that we say eat as much as you want. Mm -hmm. Because it it creates, before actually eating it, and it creates a whole new experience, doesn't it? A blunter way to look at it, if you like, is if you believe not having a rule is going to help you to, sorry, if you believe that, you know, if you get rid of that rule and you tell yourself you're allowed to have it, that you're then going to eat all the chocolate, how are things going by having a rule? Because you're eating the full box anyway. Mm. You're going through the full box anyway. And you're feeling bad for it and you're feeling guilty for it. So why is it that when we explain to do the opposite, you think that the same outcome is going to happen? Because that's what's happening right now. You're telling yourself you're not allowed it. And then you're consuming more than you've wanted to consume. So why would the opposite have the exact same impact? Does it not make sense that that would have a different impact or a different outcome? Or you would feel differently even if the outcome was the same? Yeah, and a really, really nice phrase that we once heard, and we love it, don't we? You can eat anything you want, just not everything. Absolutely, because when it comes to eating anything that you want, I, I think that the fitness industry has it's gone kind of like from one extreme to the other. It's gone from this really rigid, strict place where no one's allowed to eat anything. You're not allowed to have carbs. You're not allowed to eat breakfast. You're not allowed to anything after 6 p.m. You're not allowed to have desserts. You certainly can't have chocolate. You're not allowed to have anything with sugar in it. You shouldn't have diet drinks. There's just so many rules, restrictions, and things that you're not allowed to do. And I think there was a period of time where everyone went down this kind of like mindfully and intuitive route, but it kind of went to one extreme. It was like, just have anything and everything, just have it all. And, and it's, you know, don't have any any thought or feelings or process when it comes to food. Just eat everything and anything that's ever put in front of you because your body needs it and your body wants it. And ultimately, all that happened was it created an extreme and then people gained weight. What we've got to remember is when we're saying have anything, but not everything, what we're saying is your decisions that you now make should be in alignment with your values and your goals and your beliefs and your wants and your needs and your cravings and your desires. So when it comes to making a decision around food, there still need to be a decision. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting down and having a meal, it's not now about, right, 
Phil and Jenna said, I've had anything, so I'm going to eat this, then I'm going to have another meal, and another meal, and another meal, and I'm just going to keep eating, and keep eating until it hurts so much. Because the question we always ask is, is that decision that you're making then, is that aligned with how you actually really truly want to feel? Do you want to feel in pain because you've eaten that much food? And does that even align with your goals? Even if your goals aren't weight loss, or even weight related, if your goals are relationship with food related, if your goals are health related, does being painfully full to the point of, well, pain, does that align with your values and your wants and your needs and your goals? Probably not for 99.99%, I'd probably even argue 100% of people, it's not within their values to be painfully full, so much so that they feel sick after after eating. So when we're saying eat anything, what we're saying is remove the rules. So we're coming at it from a completely different angle. So what we're not saying is stop eating when you hit a certain point. What we're saying is give yourself the opportunity to stop eating when you hit a certain point. Then you can ask yourself the question again. And we have something that we use a lot called the eat strategy, don't mm-hmm. we? That we absolutely love. Clients love it. It's such a simple way to gain a more positive relationship with food, gain more control over the food that you're eating, enjoy the food that you're eating, and also lose weight as well. So there's loads of different pillars to that it can help you with, isn't there? Which is mm-hmm. fantastic. And ultimately, it comes down to what you actually want to achieve. But the eat strategy is really, really simple and straightforward, which is why we love it and why other people love it. So EATS stands for environment, ask, taste, stop. So when it's environment, it's just actually taking like stock of what does your environment look like? Is it incredibly busy? Is the TV on? Are you checking your phone? Because if you are, you're probably not going to check in with yourself in terms of how hungry you are. You're going to finish the plate of food, the box of chocolates before you've even recognised mm-hmm. that you're eating anything. And we've all done it. We put our hand back in the box and we're like, oh my God. In fact, completely honestly, I did it the other night. Last night, we bought some dairy milks, didn't we? And I went to get my fourth block of dairy milk and it was oh. gone. Yeah. It, it, I'd eaten it. I hadn't been last veggie ate it, but I'm pretty mm. sure it was me that ate it. And it was because I ate the first three blocks really mindfully. The fourth one, I picked up my phone. And when I turned to get it, I was like, oh, I've eaten that, haven't I? I forgot. Mm. And I hadn't paid attention to what I was doing because my environment, which was me being on my phone, stopped me from paying attention to that chocolate. Ask is asking yourself the question just before you eat, how am I feeling right now and how hungry am I? It doesn't need to be more complex than that. It can be and it can be more advanced and there are more methods that we use. But right now, if you can just say to yourself, how do I feel right now? Do I want this food? How hungry am I right now? Do I want all the food that I've got in front of me? Taste. This is one of the most important ones, I think. Actually chew and enjoy your food. So often we consume food, a little bit like I did last night, without really giving it any thought because we're doing something else. So if you can change your environment, you can then start to taste your food. Actually really think about it when you're eating it as well. Is it soft? Is it hard? Is it crunchy? Sorry to put in. No, go on. But um, this has happened to all the clients and it happened to me recently. Um, I used to be adamant that I loved pick and mix, didn't I? You did, yes. I was obsessed with pick and mix. I hadn't had a pick and mix in ages and we had one the other day. In fact, I've had two recently. Um, Went to Bonnie Mm. Burt and there was pick and mix and me and my friends got one because we were like, oh, this is mad. Mm. Um, And then I had another one and both times I actually focused on tasting the sweets and I was like, I don't like sweets. Doesn't like pick and mix. I don't like Who'd them. It? And they make me feel sick mm-hmm. and I don't really enjoy the taste of them. And I thought I loved them. Madness. I had a, a client text me saying I don't like Pringles. I thought I love Pringles. She's like, they're just a mushy mess in my mouth and mm. I don't enjoy them. Whereas I love that from a crisp. You don't, do you? No, I hate it. I hate the mushy mess of a crisp. I, I love a bad crisp. Quavers. I'm not that great at eating mm. them mindfully at the moment. No, that's something I need to work I on. It should be easier because there's 180 bags downstairs. Uh, shh, spoiler. It's not a spoiler. It is. Oh, sorry. There's not 180 bags of crisps downstairs. 
not for the wedding. It's all right. I don't think anyone coming to the wedding listens to the podcast, so we're good. There are, I don't know, a couple of mates listen. Really? Yeah. Don't want to tell anyone. And if they do, they'll just be happy this Christmas. I've probably already told them ones anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, And then the S in EAT stands for stop. And this might sound really self-explanatory, but throughout the eating kind of experience, at some point, you're you're going to want to develop the skill to stop. Just to pause for a sec and be like, right, how hungry am I now? And I remember, um, I actually learned this from a client, actually. She, because uh, we always talk about like portioning out food to yep. make sure you only bring yourself enough. She was in a social situation and she got herself a pizza. And she said she recognized that because her environment was social um, and she'd already asked herself how she felt and how hungry she was. And she knew she wasn't hungry for a full pizza. And because it was the same taste throughout, because you've got to remember certain foods are different. Like if you have like a mm-hmm. Sunday dinner and there's eight different items on it, you're going to get loads of different tastes. If you're having a pizza, it's one taste. The same thing throughout, mm-hmm. in theory, because you're eating a combination of things and every bite in theory is going to be very, very, very similar. So she'd recognise that from a taste perspective, she was probably going to find it more challenging because each taste was going to be the same. And the first one was going to be the best, as it always is. So she was then going to continue to chase that. So what she did was she thought, well, how am I going to stop? So she cut the pizza in half and moved one half, not to the other side of the room or anything, but just to the side of the plate. So it was a bit obvious that it was in half. So that when she got halfway through, she could ask herself, right, how hungry am I right now? Do I want any more? And she said it was the first time. She said she couldn't believe it. She's still in shock now. And I love it when she completes the checking because she always tells me that she's still in shock, that she's done it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. I wish she'd stop being shocked because she does it every week. So it's not that much mm-hmm. of a shock anymore. However, um, she cut it in half, ate half the pizza and then recognised that was enough for the first time in her life. She was satisfied. She was full. She'd had enough. And she put. She asked for the other half to be boxed up and she took it all. That's so it. good. And I think having that like little visual reminder to pause. I, since since you told us that, I've started doing it a bit more. I'm so sorry if you can hear Reggie Burke in the background. He is not a happy bunny today. He's very poorly. Um, but I've started doing it a little bit more. Just like cutting it into sections. So like if I have a cake, I try and cut it into like little sections. So I've got time to kind of stop and pause. Um, I never eat, uh, to be honest, I never have eaten chocolate like... I always break it up into little bits mm-hmm. um, and don't have like three squares at once. Um, but it you, works so much better, does. doesn't it? It gives yeah. you that, it just gives you, it, do you know what it does? It makes life easier. It does. Because mindful eating is really blimmin' hard and honestly, I wish people on social media, I'm not going to go on a big rant, but I wish people on social media would make it out, stop making it out like it's dead simple. Like, oh, you just stop eating. Well, it's not that easy, is it? Sometimes we need to give ourselves an actual practical physical barrier from the food. And if that's cutting it in half mm. or separating it up or portioning it out, and you can do this with other things, can't you? Yeah. You can do it at buffets. Just bring less food to your table. Go back and get some more later if you want to. Do you know what? That's a really good point. Maybe we should do a podcast on that one, how to manage, uh, navigate buffets over Christmas. Do you know I what? I feel like that's a good one. We probably should. Like picky, picky bits. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of Christmas dinners are served in bowls as and well. Like and just get your bits. own. Yeah, let, mm. let's do one. Keep, keep an eye out for that one because I think that'll be a good one to talk about how to navigate those situations because it's not easy. Um, when you've got all those different options and textures and flavours and things that you want, it can get really overwhelming. Um, But yeah, food guilt. Take away the rule. Give yourself permission. Eat anything you want, just not everything, and be mindful. So it's not about... When we say give yourself permission, it's not about hitting that sonic button and doing whatever you want. It's about being really conscious about the food decisions that you are making to make sure that the ones that you truly, truly want. Um, But by giving yourself that permission 
you don't then feel those feelings of guilt afterwards. Hang Poor on, little son. puppy. He's not. He's, he's not, well, not good. He? He's, he's not good. Shall I go retrieve him? Uh, no, I'll just do it on the spot and then we'll go and get him. Okay. Right. So my question for you. If you've got one, or was that why you wanted to disappear? So no, I've got one. I just forgot it. It's in my idea. I've got it now. Go on then. I'm yeah. excited for it. I think. Okay. Is it about Santa? No. Oh, that's a shame. I bet it's about the wedding, isn't it? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> think of anything else. I really can't think of anything else. Especially this weekend, I'm in full-blown like wedding mode and like getting everything done, aren't I? So yeah. um, it's fully present in my mind. Go on then. So mm-hmm. you kind of... Me. What are you most nervous about about the wedding day? Speech. <laughs> the end. Yeah, without a doubt. The re- I genuinely, I'll be honest, not nervous about anything else. Just a speech. Yeah, I feel like the rest of it's just like, I, like I've been to weddings before, so I know what happens. You go in, you greet everybody, then you get taken through to the ceremony hall. You stand at the end of the aisle. Everybody else gets brought in. You do the ceremony, then you go out and get your photos taken, and then you come back in. You have some food. You watch England in the World Cup. No, stop. Standard. And then um, you do your speech and then you have another little break type bit and the room gets turned around. Then you go back in when it's been turned back around so there's a dance floor. Then you dance and get really drunk and you go to bed. I told everyone like the running order of a wedding. But what I'm saying is like... I'm sure they all needed that information No, but what I'm trying to get at is like, (laughs) it's just straight, like it's not, it's just a night out. Do you know what I mean? It's just a, but there's a wedding in the middle of it. It's not like... I don't understand the nerves is what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's however, because you think they might not turn up. However, well, people are going to... You? You're just really confident that I'm going to turn yeah, up. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about that. What, like, about not in an egotistical way, but if you don't, then it never was to be, was it? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to turn up. What are going to do? No, but then the the bit that isn't normal on a night out is you don't normally stand up in front of 80-odd people and say thanks to them all for coming. It's <laughs> just not standard and then tell stories. Like, it's just not a normal part of an evening is it yeah but you'd be dead good at that will i yeah i'm gonna pretend i'm doing this episode that's all i'm nervous about actually just standing... my speech no oh. just standing at the front and speaking in front of a lot of people you don't have to do that yeah oh, i do but yeah yeah but you get told what to say oh, i know but like you do know you one of my big care? anxiety triggers is looking silly and not looking like i'm doing the right thing so if i'm like my bouquet's in the wrong point or like we're not stood facing the right way like oh each other <laughs> oh, yeah, but you're simple. supposed to face the person and then face oh, each other. Do you know what then... the thing is, though? The purpose of the day is to really enjoy yourself, to get married, and whichever way you face doesn't dictate that. Do you know what I mean? Whichever way you face doesn't dictate whether you get married at the end of it. So no, I know. Anyway, we so better that... go because Reggie's fuming. Oh, He's I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just done well. Can someone, is anyone a dog behaviourist? He needs some cuddles, that's all he needs. Uh, we'll bring him up to the next episode. He was in pain last night, he was shaking, wasn't he? He was. Right, we'll end this here, just so that everybody doesn't have to listen to him barking. Sorry. We'll go and get him. Apologies. I mean, 100th episode, there's the emails. Just gonna <laughs> you ain't expecting anything professional from us, was you? Hope you're having an incredible day, hope you're having an incredible December, and we'll see you again next week. Bye!